0: I didn't see it there. Oh hey, Crystal, how's it going? You know, I just watched this movie called The Animatrix, but I I don't know a lot about anime. I wish we had some sort of anime expert.
1: Yeah, it, we you know, we said way back a couple months ago when we did all the other Matrix movies we were gonna do this, but we've just really been stymied by the fact that we're just not anime experts.
2: Sound of a door slamming open. Did someone say anime? Oh, it's Iris!
1: That's Iris' music!
2: I, I heard someone talking about anime, and I ran over here as fast as I could. Do you know about anime? Oh boy, I know... I know a distressing amount about anime.
1: Yeah, you—you've shown me but a shard of your anime knowledge, like seven years ago, and it uh, scarred me enough that I'm still talking about it today.
2: Uh, let me tell you, if I really wanted to scar you, uh, I would show you some of the stuff made by well, at least one, of, like a couple of the directors uh, who worked on some animatrix shorts. Oh uh, yeah, that's unsurprising. <laughs> I don't know. You showed me Testament of Sister
1: New Devil. It'd be hard to get me worse than that.
2: You are unfamiliar with the 80s and 90s anime OVA scene, aren't you?
1: I'm just... I mean, I guess it could get bloodier and more violent in addition to the uh, upsetting themes of incest and pedophilia.
2: You are unfamiliar with the early catalog of a uh, Western licensor known as Manga Entertainment. (laughs) It's not kid stuff. (laughs) Neither was Testament a
1: sister new devil.
2: <laughs> not in not in quite the same way as manga entertainment, meant.
1: Okay. Alright. Honestly, that sounds like a step up then, because I did not like the ways in which that wasn't kid stuff.
2: Uh, how do you feel about snakes that come out of ladies' vaginas?
1: I mean it's not my thing, but right. you know.
2: <laughs> love is love. Alright. Anyway.
1: <laughs> we really got off on animators. a foot.
2: Yeah, we watched the animatrix. Uh which I actually have not watched the animatrix before this, shockingly. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, this is my first time watching the animatrix despite watching all the other matrix movies multiple times. Huh, yeah. I
1: mean, I'm surprised you never got around to it.
2: Yeah, it just it just never really came up for some hmm. reason. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't give you an explanation. I still haven't watched the animation anthology they did for like Star Wars that came out recently, even though I love both anime and Star Wars.
1: What about the one they did for Batman in the
2: lead up to The Dark Knight? Oh, you Gotham Knight? No, haven't watched that. I haven't watched Halo Legends either.
0: <laughs> I don't read Gotham Knight being okay. Have you seen like a Memories or a Robot Carnival or Neo Tokyo?
2: no not yet i have been meaning to watch robot carnival though uh and actually like one of the i can't remember which director but one one of the directors who worked on uh who did work for the animatrix also did shorts for uh memories and robot Carnivals. uh and in fact one of the one of the ones that i recall was really well received from robot carnival uh, Magne- magnetic rose actually which will will get to that i've got i've got a lot of imdb tabs pulled up
0: yeah i i happened to watch all three of those recently which was fun to then watch the animatrix and recognize when people were remaking movies they had already made <laughs> <laughs> like world record is just in neo tokyo oh interesting okay. oh
2: gosh huh i mostly like the animatrix i'm not sure how we're how we're starting this before we talk about the MH time to talk about some shitty movies. <laughs>
0: oh, right. The yes. is could be considered the beginning of the MCU. So now, we're going to talk about all the MCU. Wait, hold
1: on. I'm going to need you to flesh that thought out a little more.
0: Because the, we talked about this on the Matrix real episode, how the year of the Matrix was like this uh, multimedia experience where you need to sure. see all the pieces to really understand the true story. Sure,
1: yeah, that's definitely MCU-adjacent, although MCU is much more movie-focused. Like, you can kind of ignore the multimedia experience of the MCU. The the movies seem to actively despise them. That's true. (laughs) Whereas I feel like watching The Final Flight of the Osiris, a not-very-good animated short, does make it a little
0: easier to follow the Reloaded. (laughs) Right? Um, Iris... Yes. You said you have prepared a a well uh, reasoned list of gradings.
2: Yes, uh, or at least I think they are reasonable. So I'm, I'm ready for you to go down the, the spreadsheet here. Uh, Iron Man. Uh, so first, I should probably explain the baseline I used was like, um, because B's and C's can be kind of fuzzy to me, sure. I've found. Mm-hmm. So the reasoning I use to separate like what gets a C grade and what gets a B grade is like, um, if, if like a friend or relative were to ask me like, hey, I was thinking of watching this movie tonight would you like to join me if i would not hesitate to say yeah sure i'll I'll watch that with you it probably gets at least a b minus that's fair if i would think about coming up with an excuse (laughs) for not joining them then the highest it could get is a c plus sure that's pretty good i'm gonna steal that yeah i I like that (laughs) metric uh so iron man gets a b plus Still, I, I've watched that movie several times. Pretty damn solid popcorn flick. Adore Jeff Bridges in that movie.
0: Absolutely. How about the HBO Max exclusive,
2: The Incredible Hulk? <laughs> I <laughs> barely remember that thing. I gave it a C. Yeah, that's that's uh, about in line. About Iron Man 2. Uh, that gets a B. It's not quite as good as Iron Man, but I remember still enjoying it. He flew in the ice cream.
1: Italy. <laughs> no 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 it's authentic italian ice cream he flew in from la oh that's
0: <laughs> what a good movie
1: uh, no what a good scene in a bad movie
2: <laughs> he wants his bird
1: he does want his bird
2: uh thor uh that gets a c plus captain america the first avenger uh that also gets a b
0: the avengers
2: c iron man 3 That gets an A. I still really like Iron Man 3, one of my favorite MCU movies. Thor The Dark World. B-minus, which you might notice is just barely above the original Thor. Mm. Iris, I'm so
0: happy you gave it a B-minus. Yeah, the way
2: I justify that is that, like, the plot line is, to me, just as dull and forgettable as the original Thor's but at least Thor The Dark World has some fun character interactions and actually seems like it has a decent sense of humor to it at times, so I find it more charming to actually watch. It
0: has the part where the kids touch the floating bus, which is taken from this movie. Yeah.
1: Floating bus? What what movie are we talking about? They're
0: like, gravity anomalies because of the convergence that happens every 10,000 years, the alignment of the nine realms.
2: Yeah, like a bunch of shit is floating, like in that (laughs) warehouse or whatever. (laughs) That whole movie, I just see a
1: (laughs) (laughs) gray-red blur in my mind. It's just a blob.
2: That's
0: the ether.
2: (laughs) I mostly remember from that movie... Thor hanging his hammer on a coat rack, and Darcy saying Mew Mew, and like, that's more than I can say about Thor.
1: Thor has the bit where he likes the coffee and smashes the coffee mug, that's kind of funny.
2: Captain America the Winter Soldier. Uh, that gets a B B+. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, it Guardians is interesting, because like, when I first saw those movies, I probably would have put them in like the B, B- minus range. Uh, But they've probably aged the most poorly out of any of the movies to me. The first
1: one definitely has.
2: Guardians gets a C from me. Chris Pratt, uh,
0: Mario himself, Garfield himself, his star has definitely fallen. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And also not just Chris Pratt, but like, I find the humor in both Guardians movies to be very hit or miss and often kind of obnoxious. I think that's reasonable. Avengers Age of Ultron. C+ all right that's that's above average yeah i i think it is Hmm. the best avengers movie hell yeah
0: Hmm. hell yeah
2: Hmm. ant-man solid b
0: captain america civil war
2: that gets a d like it's it is a better plot line than the comic civil war but still really bad just still really really poor uses of the characters and just in very convoluted and nonsensical politics
1: what do you mean you don't you don't think the so the sokovia the accords is good politics
2: <laughs> uh like there is a kernel of a good idea in civil war but they they do not have the writing to actually make that movie make any fucking sense
0: it is my opinion that superhero movies should stop trying to say things about society.
2: To be honest, I'm kind of getting getting that impression as well, having just watched The Batman, a movie I liked a lot, but also has the most bizarre fucking political message that I have seen so far in <laughs> I still in gotta watch movie. the Batman.
1: I should maybe do that after we finish recording this. I got nothing else to do tonight.
2: It's, it is It is a movie that seems at odds with itself, whereas at least the Nolan movies, as shitty as those politics at are... At least the
1: Nolan movies know that they're fascists.
2: They have internal <laughs> consistency.
1: Yeah. You know? The Batman might
2: be to the right of the Dark Knight.
0: Really? Even though it thinks it's not.
1: Well, to be fair, I don't think the Dark Knight thinks it's as right-wing as it is. Yeah, we gotta cover those movies. We gotta get more po- episodes of this podcast up, Crystal. Yeah, I'll talk about the Batman. We gotta do Angley's Hulk first.
2: Okay, Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange, B minus. Like, yeah, that's fair. If If Doctor Strange had come out earlier in the MCU timeline, I think it pr- it would probably get a B. But like, we've done this shit before, like so many fucking times, and. Doctor Strange doesn't really have that many new things it's doing, aside from the final act, which is one of the only final acts in an MCU movie that is actually better than the stuff that preceded it.
1: Yeah, it's got an actual, like, good climax that culminates the themes of the film.
2: It is shockingly competent.
1: (laughs) That one and Thor 1 are the only two that pull it off.
2: (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That gets a C minus. And this is kind of like a personal bias. Like, yeah. I think overall Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is a better movie than the first one. Like it certainly does more things with Quill and some of the other characters. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is that Mantis is like one of my favorite guardians characters and oh, they sure. treat her like fucking garbage in yeah that not movie. a not a great movie for mantis heads yeah no uh thankfully the guardians of the galaxy video game came out recently and that is an incredibly good mantis mantis yeah. portrayal i love that video game <laughs> uh spider-man homecoming that gets a b spider-man these spider-man movies well I didn't like the second one to begin with, but the first one, <laughs> the first one is is also one that is sort of like faded a bit, um, in yeah. like hindsight. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. A. I really like Thor Ragnarok.
0: Sure, who doesn't?
2: It's a lot of fun. Black Panther. A minus, um, a movie that for much of it is quite quite entertaining um, but is also probably the most blatant example of what if leftist but too much
1: yeah it's really like the poster boy for fucking here's a bad guy their thing is that they have a bunch of really smart good ideas but they're evil about them so that means we have to reject them
2: they have a bunch of good ideas and solid policies but unfortunately uh, their solution is to genocide some puppies so they have to be stopped Um, Uh and also also, that that like final act is just fucking garbage. It's so bad. <laughs> Everything about that final battle is just really bad. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. F. I I hate those movies. Oh god, just I almost considered them giving them like D minuses because like, oh, there's some there's some like funny little character moments I enjoy. I like Peter Parker hanging out with Doctor Strange and and like uh, Iron Man, it's kind of fun, but no, no, those those movies are just absolutely rancid. They're not good films. No, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp B minus. Um, a movie that is almost as good as the original Ant Man, but granted, I am having a difficult time remembering what the plot was. But I recall at the time I was watching it, thinking like why did why don't they just team up with the antagonist? It seems like, yeah, everything would be solved if they were just like, "Hey, we'll just fucking help you."
1: It's definitely one of those movies that like this pl- this conflict goes away if people have one fucking conversation,
2: yeah, just like have a one minute conversation. I am fucking begging you. I think most of the problems would be solved if Hank Pym died, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, yeah. uh Uh, captain marvel c plus it's fine i guess i I just don't care yeah avengers endgame also an f
0: spider-man far from home
2: c plus it's got a lot of charming moments i like how mysterio is acted it's just it is is a continuation of the mcu's just horrible ideas about how to use Tony Stark post Iron Man 3 like after Iron Man 3 I don't think the MCU figures out how to use Tony Stark well ever
1: because they resolve his character arc and then they have to keep having in in movies
2: yeah Uh, Black Widow oh fuck I didn't watch Black Black (laughs) Widow because I just join the club I do do not care about Black Widow and I especially do not care about Scarlett Johansson (laughs) Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I also, oh, I forgot that came out. (laughs) The Eternals. Oh, I definitely did not watch The Eternals. Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I did not watch that either.
1: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. That means you're
0: exactly caught
1: up with us.
2: Venom. Oh, that gets an A minus.
0: Yeah. Fun film.
2: Fun film. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. A plus, the only A plus on this entire list. Fuck yeah, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> I Never we seen did that. it. Don't care enough.
1: Yeah, you, you're not missing anything.
0: Spider Man.
2: Uh, where did the Raimis now? Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm just gonna tell you right now, all the Raimis get B minus. I, 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 I guess I can understand the love for Sam Raimi. I personally just. I have never adored Sam Raimi as much as, like, a lot of my friends seem to. They are perfectly fine movies. I don't really have anything significantly bad to say about them. I just, they just don't click with me. I, I just don't have as much fun with them as a lot of other people do.
1: Let me tell you, Iris, you watch 20 fucking Marvel movies and then you go watch Spider-Man 2 and it will feel like the height of cinematic arts.
2: You know what? That's, that's probably, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark 2.0 Broadway recording full <laughs> Oh, <HD>. I definitely <laughs> did not watch that.
2: <laughs> no way.
0: Uh, The Matrix. A. The Matrix Reloaded.
2: You know what? You know what's funny about The Matrix Reloaded is I remember disliking this more than I actually did. I rewatched it recently in preparation for watching Resurrections. I was like, you know what? Reloaded, not as good as Matrix, still pretty good.
1: It's a movie that I feel like my perception of it got warped by the like anti-hype around it. Like, it's fine. It's good. I like it. Yeah,
2: I gave it an A minus. Like, yeah. Solid flick. Uh, The Matrix Revolutions. B minus. I wanted to like Revolutions, but I found myself just very bored by it for a lot of time.
0: Uh, I'm just thinking, like, how long it took Neo to figure out who Bane was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's impossible.
0: It can't be. Uh,
2: And finally, The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, Also A. Hell yeah. I like it just as much as the original Matrix but for almost entirely different reasons.
0: And now at last, we are able to discuss the direct DVD anime compilation film that came out between Matrix 2 and 3. The no, Animatrix. Matrix 1 and 2. No, between 2 and 3. Oh, it was?
1: Yeah. It's, no, it's 1 and 2 because Final Fantasy Osiris sets up Reloaded.
0: They aired that one on TV before Reloaded, but okay. the others came out uh, in between in July of 2000. Oh,
2: right, because, like, Toonami aired them in, like, a staggered sort of release, didn't it? Okay, so they weren't
1: in the compilation until, but they were, like, out and around. Okay, okay. Yes,
2: yeah. I-, I remember like,
0: Second Renaissance Part 1 was on Matrix.com. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, yeah, I forgot about, yeah, I actually forgot about the staggered release until I saw the stuff about Toonami. Right.
0: I haven't seen this movie in over 10 years, and I liked it way more than I remembered.
1: I like most of it. There's a couple of the shorts that I would skip if I was just watching it for fun. Yeah, the first 40 minutes suck ass. Uh, I like the first 40 minutes. Well, I really like the first 20 minutes. The first 40 minutes, you know, we'll get to it.
2: Yeah, there's there's three shorts, technically two shorts, that I'm like, I don't like these much at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn it off
1: after the uh, the Haunted House one, I-M-O.
0: yeah. You're... No. You're absurd.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll turn it off after the detective story one. I'll give you that one.
0: You're absurd. <laughs> matriculated's one of the best ones.
2: Oh, Matriculated's bad. Matriculated's got cool ideas, but it's not good. Yeah, see, I was about to object because then you'd miss Final Flight of the Osiris, which... <laughs> I do really like because of how incredibly corny it is.
1: Right, you like it because it's uh, a side quilt to Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Yeah,
2: yeah. And also, they, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to uh-huh. it. And the yeah. copy
0: I have, Final Flight of Osiris, is the first one. That's weird, huh?
2: Huh, yeah. Because HBO Max, it starts with uh, Second Renaissance and ends with Final Flight of the Osiris.
0: I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna, to uh, host the crew that we talk about Osiris first.
2: Okay. All right, we can start with right.
1: Osiris. That's fine.
2: Yeah. So, uh, Flight of the Osiris, written by the Wachowski sisters themselves. Yes. Directed by Andy Jones, who, unlike all these other people, is not a uh, 2D animation director. Uh-huh. He is primarily a visual effects artist who has worked on such films as I, Robot, Avatar, Final Fantasy Spirits Within... And most recently, the live-action recreations of Jungle Book and Lion King. Let me tell you, uh, as soon as you said iRobot,
1: I was like, Oh, yeah, of course, obviously! <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, like, this is most similar to Final Fantasy, though.
1: Well, it's literally made by the studio that made Spirits Within.
2: Yeah, yeah, produced produced by Square USA.
1: The only other thing that studio made before they got shuttered because Spirits Within bombed.
2: Yeah, it wasn't a good movie, but I don't think it was that bad. <laughs> I'll say it's a good movie. I have never seen it. We,
0: maybe we gotta cover it as a bonus episode sometime. I think that's that's a, a good science fiction film.
2: Let me tell you, if you cover that as a bonus episode, I will be on it. <laughs> I will be on it. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll talk about some fucking Final Fantasy Spirits Within. <laughs> um, but yeah, Final Fantasy of the Osiris this the way this starts is wild
1: <laughs> I think this is this part of it's fun because it is just two <laughs> horny people doing horny sword fighting yeah
2: uh, honestly like given given the other like extremely uncomfortable depictions of horniness horniness that we see in the uh in the animations that we will be talking about after this uh-huh. um, this depiction was like shockingly charming in in a very funny way it's just two people who are extremely horny for each other doing like the like the the sort of etchy anime trope of like fighting so hard that they're uh, destroying each other's clothing
0: yes yeah the only problem i have with the sexy katana fight is that We get the shot of her cutting his pants, and we get the shot of her peeking, but we do not get the close-up of his dick.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, because you get the nice shot of her butt. They were fucking cowards. They didn't show his ass. Like, come on. But then the rest of it is
0: like, you know, with like tragic prequel stories that have come after this, like uh, Crisis Core or Birth by Sleep or Rogue (laughs) One or Halo Reach, Usually there's a little more like uh build-up to the tragedy. But right. here's yeah. just like they're they're rushing through the plot. Well,
1: yeah. they spent a lot of time on the horny sword fighting.
2: Correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, uh, well the sentinels are here, they're they're drilling to fucking Zion, uh time yeah. to do a heroic sacrifice in the next five minutes.
1: It's literally just exposition for reloaded. <laughs> it
2: is it is not the most objectionable animation here, but it's also not the most interesting. <laughs>
1: It's fine. Like it's them trying to make it look like the Matrix and yeah. like and not even the most exciting shots from the Matrix. It's guys in pilot seats doing techno babble. It's just kind of it's fine.
2: Yeah, it's like what if you had to do the first half of Matrix Revolutions in 10 minutes. Like fucking yeah. good luck. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Uh, not to harp too long on the, the horny sword fighting. I like the horny sword fighting stuff because I have complained on some of the past Matrix episodes that I want to see the Red Pills do more hacking stuff with their own, like, Matrix ports and the fact that they can build programs. And they do, like, a little bit of that in the first movie and then kind of drop it as a concept. And this feels like the kind of thing I want to see. They're having a weird, horny katana sex in the Matrix. And yes! They should be doing this kind of shit all the time.
2: You want to see, like, the, the Zion people, like, use the Matrix like the holodeck, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, what what the fuck else are you going to do? Like, all you have in the real world is Zion and your ship. And you're on right. your, sh- and it, like, if you're one of the people doing, like, the important shit, you're probably in your ship most of the time. So, like, you're going to fucking need to go into the Matrix, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, or you're going to lose your mind. Right. So
1: I I appreciate that we got that slice of of this life uh from this short. Yeah. And the rest of it yeah, it just feels like a first draft of a matrix action sequence. Yeah. She delivers the package. The package. Yeah, she delivers a package with the info about the the sentinels drilling down i really thought the old lady at the mailbox was gonna turn out turn into an agent an agent yeah yeah uh like i thought there's a shot where you see her reflected in the old lady's glasses and i thought they were gonna do a shot where like her glasses darken into sunglasses
2: i thought the exact same thing they set it up (laughs) they set up perfectly to do that and they just don't do it i don't know why yeah so weird But yeah, and then she
1: gets, like, the Osiris gets blown up in real life, so she just drops dead on the street.
2: Yeah, because she triggers, like, the activation code for, like, the self-destruct or whatever. Yeah.
1: It is very funny that the wide shots, especially of anything that is, uh, not the actors, just looks like shots from the Matrix. It's, like, (laughs) it's the same VFX stuff, just also making people.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's okay, but also, aside from the opening, pretty forgettable. Yeah, it's fine.
0: Next up, we have a two-parter, uh, Detroit Become Human.
2: <laughs> God, I mean, you're not totally wrong. You're not as wrong as you could be, and that's that's too bad. Yeah, at least this only lasts, like, what, 20 minutes? I, and it's also much more stylish. Yeah, so um, speaking of looking stylish, so the director and writer of, of this particular set of shorts, because it's a Which is two-parter. the second
1: renaissance, to be clear. Yes,
2: yeah, second renaissance part one and two. Um, directed and written by uh, Mahiro Maeda. Um, so he does not have, like, a huge list of directing credits. Um, However, uh, like, anime anime fans will probably know him from directing uh, Gonkutsuo, The Count of Monte Cristo, which had a really interesting and unique animation style. Mm. Um, And most recently, he directed the last two Evangelion Rebuild movies, 3.0 oh, wow. and 3.0 plus 1.0
1: fascinating
2: um primarily though like he he's done a lot of work as like a key animator and like mechanical designer um Mm. which i think you can definitely see brought out in this particular uh, set of sketches because like yeah as much as i have a lot of mixed feelings about these two shorts They do a very good job of, like, designing and presenting the machines than basically any other part of the Matrix, including the actual Matrix movies, sort of like Resurrections. On
1: one hand, yes, like, the visual design is all very cool. On the other hand, (laughs) it makes very little sense to me that, like, back in the past, the machines were funny little guys who wore bowler hats and had mechanical mustaches.
2: I actually kind of like that, and I'm going to explain why.
1: I love to see them. They're a, I am clapping like a seal when that guy comes on screen, but it makes no goddamn sense.
2: No, see, no, it does make sense. <laughs> okay. So here here's why. So when the time when they are funny little guys is when the machines were designed by humans to be servants to humans. So they're going to make them look like funny little guys and and make them in they specifically say, you know, the machines were made in man's image. But then once, like once the machines are no longer under man's control, they're like, well, we don't have to fucking look like people. We can just look like squid monstrosities. We can do whatever the hell we want. And so they don't look like people anymore. I, I like that side of it, for sure. I will say, extremely uncomfortable moment in the first short where like they're they're going through like scenes of the robots being oppressed by humanity, and like there's some very obvious references to like real world protests, including like just a blatant uh uh recreation of Tiananmen Square with like a tank barreling down on a yeah. robot. Yeah, uh, And then there's also, for some reason, a scene where like uh, three men of color <laughs> attack what appears to be a white woman, like mm, both yeah. physically and sexually assaulting her. Right. And then like they throw a punch and whoop, part of her face came off and she's a robot. And it's like, I I don't like what you're doing here where you're just like playing a racist like fear that white people who don't like integration have like as part of like why robots are oppressed like be please be more careful with the imagery you're using i'm begging you yeah this was written
0: by the wachowskis
2: yeah it sure was yeah and they're they're not they're not great about racial politics or representation really
1: Nope, that's- that's- that's no good on- on that level, you're totally
2: right. But yeah, I- I think I overall liked the- part one more than part two, because part two was just like, look how fucking gory and gritty we can make this. This ain't your daddy's matrix.
1: You are completely right. There's
2: part of me that kinda liked how over-the-top it was, though the the one part i did like was when that that dude was being just ripped straight out of the armor like that was really effective to me i was like okay that is like both gory enough and restrained enough in certain ways to, like, be really powerful. Whereas this other shit is just like, come on.
1: I like the part that's, like, the robot pale rider on the white horse.
2: Okay, no, I did like that part. That That one's just, <laughs> that one's just a metal The fucking cover. robot
1: antichrist <laughs> with, like, a war flag that slowly just collapses as the sun blots out. Yeah,
2: no, that that one's fine.
1: Yeah. But he's got a little war trumpet, it rules! yeah.
2: It doesn't make any sense, but I love it.
1: No, but it's it's just a fucking cover of a metal album in the middle oh, of this
0: thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Crystal? The thing about these
0: two is, like, I understand they're trying to get away from the idea that, like, yes, the, the machines are a metaphor for patriarchy and capitalism, but that's that doesn't mean that's inherent to machine nature. That's simply what they were driven into by humans, but then, the, the way they tell this backstory is like the machines are are perfect angels. And the humans are just demonic warmongers.
1: Well, and if you want to try to cut them some slack, it is explicitly framed as, like, the machine telling of this story. So is there some editorializing going on? Right. Or not? You know? Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. I love, I was just randomly scrubbing through it, and I love this little guy uh, on the front lines of the battlefield that I randomly stopped on. I'm posting in the Skype chat. Look at this little friend.
0: Oh, what a little little guy!
2: Yeah. I, oh. Oh my God, I miss that dude. I. Oh God, he's so good. He's just like a little blob robot. He's
0: just a little guy, but he's here to kill and murder.
2: That that is that is like the Matrix equivalent of the Gonk droid. <laughs> yeah, especially in light of what what Resurrections did to like slightly flesh out the nuances to what the machines are. I I just find Second Renaissance to be. Disappointing, like it never really lives up to the promise it presents.
1: I think second renaissance works a lot better when you are 14 and have only seen the first matrix movie yeah. and like it introduces the idea. Okay. Yeah. I know there was machine, those evil squids were real bad guys, but what if actually it's more complicated than that? And you're like, Whoa, what if it is actually more complicated? Holy
2: moly. Yeah. Cause like the thing is like one, one thing I remember about the first part is that like they mentioned that there are, you know, machine sympathizers. Cause like, of course there yeah. would be like, right. There's definitely going to be machine sympathizers. This plot happens in Star Trek literally all the time. Right. And then, like, aside from the brief, like, mention in the two scenes where it shows, like, human protesters, like, standing with the machines... That just gets completely ignored, and the rest of the movie is, well, it's just machines versus humans, like, black and white, that's just what it is.
1: It really feels like they, and this goes back to the idea of, hey, what if this is being editorialized a bit, they really gloss over how it goes from Earth as we understand it to, no, there's two nations, the robot nation and the human nation. Well, hold on, something real fucked up had to have happened for us to get to that point.
2: Yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there, there's a lot of hand-waving going on to to gel the first part, like, to gel the setup of the Second Renaissance with, like, how the apocalypse happens.
1: Because even before, like, the war that we see, when it's just, oh, we founded Zero-One, uh, and, like, everything was good, the human nation even worked with us. Like, well uh, hold on a second.
2: Yeah, because, like, to be honest, like... Yeah, sure. The human like some parts of the human nation definitely are going to work with machines. Like if you don't think that corporations are going to f- outsource their labor to machine workers, you are delusional. Of course, they're going to work with the machine la- nation. They're going to exploit whatever they can. They don't care about ideology. Like, uh, It's just I don't know. Like it, it's, it is even more simplistic than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's pretty, though.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, I had a good time watching it, but it's not, it ain't deep, and it ain't, like, a nuanced look at the world of the Matrix.
2: That said, it does make, like, the whole energy harvesting scenario seem even more absurd, because, like, when you actually see human beings just, like, in, like, slightly futuristic-ass bomber jets, bomber jets just like making the dark clouds you're like well wait a minute why did the machines go through this much effort to harvest energy from humans when they could just like reverse what the humans did surely it wouldn't be as hard as doing everything they did to make the matrix happen
1: there's an unspoken thing that like the machines have some kind of affection for humans that is never the closest you get to them saying it is like the uh, weird like hologram ...lady, like, tenderly touching the pod of the kid or something, you know? Yeah. But, like, that, bringing that out a little bit more would have been nice.
2: Yeah, I-, I wish that they had brought that, like, you know, there were human sympathizers... ...and the machines did want to live with them. Like, make that the reason why the machines decide to make the Matrix. Like, it's not just to harvest energy, but the machines, like, uh, just assume, like... ...okay, we've we've tried so many times to have peace with humans... It's clearly not going to work, at least not anytime soon. What if we just made it so they couldn't fight us, but also we didn't have to murder them all? Yeah. Like if if they would like had could expand on at least something like that reasoning, then that was sort of make the machine's decision to harvest human energy and, and keep them all in pods make a bit more sense. Or even if it wasn't like, you
1: know, a desire for peace, but it just like they made us to do certain stuff and we did it right. And we did, like, then we went off and did our own stuff, and they liked all our stuff, so why do they keep trying to fucking kill us? Like, still have them be, like, embittered and hated towards the humans, but, like, be driven by, like, wanting to understand what the fuck is wrong with us.
2: Oh, yeah. So, like, the Matrix is, is like, their sort of social experiment. Like, what the fuck is with these guys?
1: Which also dovetails well into the way that the Matrix is a metaphor for all, like, you know, oppressive systems and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, when the humans, uh, surrender... (laughs) And the like machine leader goes to the United Nations, signs the uh surrender documents with a barcode, and then self destructs to blow up the entire city block. That's a power move, right there.
2: Yeah, that was pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> when you drop the mic, but the mic is a nuclear weapon, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. T- anything else to say about Second Renaissance?
1: Yeah, not not really. I had fun watching it, but yeah.
2: I guess Nexus Program is is that the same for you, Crystal? Yeah, Nexus Program. Yeah. Written and directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. Uh, so Yoshiaki Kawajiri directed some fairly infamous uh, late eighties early nineties anime that like the type of stuff that manga entertainment back in the day would license and, and, and bring over to the U S cause they, they were, these were like made for adults and manga entertainment wanted you to know that just because they were cartoons, they're not kid stuff. Sure. Yeah. So Yoshiaki Kawajiri made th- things such as Wicked City, a OVA that starts uh, with a, Graphic depiction of sex between a man and a woman where the woman turns into a spider and tries to eat the man. Okay, all right. Also, Ninja Scroll. Uh, I feel like any anime fan of a certain age will at least know of Ninja Scroll. Demon City Shinjuku, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, Cyber City 080808 uh just a lot of like sort of adult anime that specialized like if you watched them you were guaranteed to see like blood and guts and tits and you were probably going to have to watch a rape scene uh mm. cuz they almost all included one or more rape scenes cuz that's that's just what some OVAs were so yeah thankfully not really any of that in program but also it's 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 super fucked up short when you think about it
1: yeah honestly the plot's kind of razor thin but it's pretty to look at
2: it's very pretty
1: yeah i like when she cuts the guys in half and they bleed matrix glyphs
2: (laughs) yeah i was sick
1: i'm 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 a sucker for any time you got real heavy shadows in an animated thing
2: it does make zion look kind of psychotic though
1: oh yes i mean yeah yes this is a fucked up thing to do to a person. Where, like, this guy is basically like, hey, you remember Cypher from the first movie? I'm like that guy. You want to come be back in the Matrix with me as we do a cool fight in a bunch of cool scenes? And she says no and
2: kills him. They also imply they're, like, lovers. Yeah, but, like, yeah, lovers for someone who didn't exist.
1: Or, well, no, he exists. It's just this is, like, a, a program version of him or something. Because he's the guy that, like, wakes her up at the end. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. I thought it
2: was a different person.
1: No, no, it's the same guy. Oh. Yeah, but this is like, this is like a program version of him or something.
2: That's even more fucked up than I thought it was. Because, like, th- for some reason, they he didn't look quite the same. So I thought it was just, like, a different person. And he just, like, made up a guy <laughs> for her and, and, like, planted memories in her when he made the program. Yeah. Um, you could be right. Uh, <laughs> that'd be even worse, though. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, she, like,
1: rejects him and kills him and then wakes up and is like, oh, no, 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 that program was just a test to make sure that you're really loyal to the cause.
0: Yeah, uh, I think they, they communicate her emotions well, but this is, like, almost down to specific phrasing of lines, just the Cypher and Trinity scene. But now they're samurais.
1: Yeah, it is just that. It's... They, they could have maybe found more, a, a different wrinkle on it if they wanted to kind of retread that ground.
2: Okay, yeah, I am correct. So uh, in the Wikipedia summary, like, it's a, the guy who wakes her up is named Kaiser, and he he's being voiced by John DiMaggio, so a completely different voice actor as well.
1: Okay, I'm just bad at recognizing faces and
2: voices <laughs> then. Okay, so, it's still bad, just not as fucked up. Oh, I don't know, programming her to, like, think she's in love with a guy, that's pretty fucked up. Oh yeah, no, it still is. I'm just saying it would be even more like if if that was like actually the person that she was in love with, like if if you are in love with a person and you plant memories in in someone's head as a test to make them think that you betrayed them. And then you're like, good job killing me. You passed my test. That is so unbelievably cruel in a way that I have trouble articulating. Yeah, I mean, either way, it is
1: uh, beyond the pale. Yeah. Uh,
2: which really, really puts a damper on how cool everything else about, like, this this short is, because it does look very cool.
1: Yeah, this one is kind of just eye candy to me. I don't really care about the story.
2: Yeah. Uh, but then,
1: we get into a little short called World Record.
2: Hell yeah. Hell yeah! Uh, so, World Record, very very good short. Um, This one was directed by uh, Takeshi Koike. Takeshi Koike, uh, first, the first feature film that this guy directed is a little is a little anime you might have heard of called Red Line. Okay. And you can definitely see like the through line from this short to Red Line.
1: That that definitely makes sense.
2: Yeah, he's also done some Lupin the Third films that I have not watched, though I kinda wanna watch them now. Yeah. Yeah, the the plot of this one is that like basically there's this dude named Dan who is so good at running
1: that he's breaking the Matrix's physics engine.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like that scene in the Dragon Ball Super movie where uh, uh, where Gogeta punches so hard he breaks through the universe is like this guy is running so good. He surpasses his own limits and like instinctively realizes his body realizes that there are no limits because he is in a program
1: See, I think of it more of, uh, as the Mario 64 half-button press video where this guy's about to, like, zip into a parallel universe in the Matrix. He is accidentally inventing speedrun tactics in the Matrix.
2: Oh, that's also cool. Yeah. The- the animation, like, initially, um... I just really didn't know what to think of it, because mm-hmm. it's very ex- it's very exaggerated and stylized. It's very um, stylized
1: to begin with, and also, like, every shot is from the most extreme angle possible, so everything is foreshortened or, like, like, huge relative to what it should look like.
2: Yeah, that that really wasn't my main issue with it, though. Like, my main issue was actually during some conversations where, like, especially the one with... I don't know what his name was. He was, like, his dance trainer or coach or something. And, like, he was just constantly moving his arms. And his body language just wasn't matching up with, like, his speech patterns. And it felt, like, frenetic in a very um, off-putting way. It felt like the
1: kind of thing you get a lot from anime dubs where the dub voice actor isn't really matching the energy of the original voice actor except I'm pretty sure these were animated in with the English voice track first.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'd be almost certain that you're correct about that.
1: So I I'm, I'm not really sure what happened here.
2: <laughs> yeah, but like when it actually gets to like the race part of it, then the really exaggerated animation I think pays off. Like I I love how everything like just distorts in like extremely exaggerated ways when he is slow-mo running down the field and his uh his face is puffing up from like uh like breathing and his muscles are distorting uh it's it's very beautiful in like a sort of intentionally uh disgusting isn't the right word. It's more like... Some shots it's the right word. Like
1: when his fucking leg muscle explodes.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, no, like, there's just like beads of sweat like flinging off of him every time he makes a move.
2: Yeah, I I really, I really adore that final sequence, I'm sort of eh on the lead up to it, yeah, but that final that final sequence where it's it's just like the race is happening, and also the the aftermath, like the agent's stopping time. Yeah, like, time
1: stops as he's, like, just about to cross the finish line and all the other runners turn into agents. And they're, like, reaching out to grab him because, like, they can't let him hit the world record because that, like, breaks the rules of what's supposed to be possible in the Matrix. Yeah,
2: it's, it's so cool and unsettling. And, like, it's something that I wish the agents... T- Again, there's... Honestly, there's this is going to be coming up more often, but there's a lot of stuff that they do with the Matrix and the agents and the nature of how the Matrix works that happen in these shorts that I desperately wish that the Wachowskis had done in the subsequent two movies. Because they're very clever and make the agents incredibly menacing.
1: More than anything else, I think the Animatrix proves that uh, a Matrix TV show that was just like an anthology series would have been the best fucking show ever.
0: Oh
2: yeah, it would work really well.
0: <laughs> what I really like about World Record is that... Matrix as a series has been very focused about how uh, computer nerds have a unique insight that allows them to see the Matrix. But also, Jocks can do it too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I do like that. Uh, that is legitimately something I, I love about this one, where it's like, yeah. You can like arrive at the conclusion that you know the world you're living is not real through philosophy or rational thinking or deductive reasoning, but also you can just do it because you're so good at a thing, yeah, that you are able to like you are instinctively your body is instinctively able to like surpass what should be technically possible, and that is what leads you to a realization that you don't necessarily have words or thoughts to express. You just know that, like, you shouldn't be able to do this, but you can. Yeah. I'm also...
0: The way this one treats, like, performance-enhancing drugs is interesting. I don't think I've seen anything else treat it this way, Where like, usually the thing would be that you take uh, hallucinogens and then you awaken to the Matrix. But this one, it's like, if you take performance-enhancing drugs that make your muscles so good that they're about to pop then that can also help you uh discover the matrix
1: well i thought the thing was that he was like in a scandal about that but he didn't take any performance enhancing drugs and that was like yeah. i thought the implication was like that was a story that agents made up to try to discredit him because they have to suppress anything like that is amazing or like exceptional
0: I thought the thing was that the the guy he was talking to that said your muscles are about to pop was the guy supplying him and they need to hold off because they were under investigation.
1: Oh, maybe. I Yeah, I took that as he was, that was his coach and he just like, I thought he got like injured at a previous event or something and this was like his first time back.
2: Yeah, my read on that scene was like that his trainer was saying like, dude, you are so obsessed with like proving that you are physically capable of beating this record without... That, that like, it wasn't a flute, that it wasn't drugs, that you are training yourself into the ground.
1: Right, like, even if you win this race, you're gonna break your body and not be able to keep competing. He's like, yeah, that doesn't matter to me. I will have that record, and no one will ever beat it.
2: Yeah, like, he was he was just straight up pushing his body so hard that, like, he he was going to wreck himself if, if he followed through with it. Like, I, I absolutely took the reading that... He he never used performance-enhancing drugs. It was just like a fake story made up by the agents to be like, yeah, no, this this isn't possible.
1: Yeah, because that's the running thing in the Matrix of like discouraging people from believing that things can be better than they are.
2: Yeah. Ah. Yeah, like that's that's almost entirely what Resurrections is about. Yeah. There's actually, like, a lot of stuff in this in these shorts that tie in pretty well with Resurrections, now that I think about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's almost like Resurrections was a really good, like, coda to the end of the Matrix. Yeah. It's almost like, actually, in retrospect, this franchise wasn't finished without Resurrections. <laughs> I love the ending of this one so much where he's, like, in a wheelchair. He seems, like, catatonic. Like, the flashes he saw in the pod have just, like, broken him. And there's an agent just, like, talking in his headpiece about, like, uh, well, he broke the record, but people will just kind of move on from that. And he's, he'll never even be able to walk again. So this situation solved itself. And then he starts to stand up as the agent's, like, yelling at him to sit back down. Yeah, the agents freak out. It's so good. And, like, he falls down, but he already stood up and proved that they were wrong. What else are they wrong about? maybe who knows end of the short yeah great way to end it (laughs) yeah it's real good yeah world record is top two in here for me maybe top just the best one it's a top
2: three yeah it initially wasn't top three for me but the more i think about the 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 more i like it actually so i i probably would put in top three um number two for me currently though is kid's story Really, yeah. I love Kid
0: Story. Yeah, I'm the grumpus
1: on this one, huh?
0: And I did not love it before, but it really rose in my uh, uh, appreciation on this watch.
2: Okay, well maybe you'll maybe you'll win me over. So, written and directed by Shinichiro Watanabe. Um, anyone with a passing familiarity with anime probably knows who Watanabe is, uh, director of Cowboy Bebop, uh, Samurai Champloo, um, Kids on the Slope. We don't talk about Terror and Resonance. Great great director.
1: Animation on this one's super cool.
2: Yeah, so uh, Watanabe has done rotoscoping before. Um, the one I always remember is the opening to the Cowboy Bebop movie, like those opening yeah. credits. Some of the best opening credits I have ever seen. Real good.
1: Some of the best animation ever made. Yeah,
2: fantastic. Uh, and so he he does rotoscoping for the the majority of of this as well, and I think it's it's gorgeous. Like this is one of the most beautiful shorts, I think.
1: Yeah, I I like the the really heavy stylization of World Record better, but this is definitely, it's cool looking.
2: Yeah, I, I also really like um, the story of it, even if it is, like, kind of shallow. Um, I think partly because the kid's story shows, because, like, the first Matrix movie ends with a promise of Neo and Trinity, like, Neo is a superhero now. He's gonna, like, help people. He is Superman now. Um, And Kid Story is is one of the only parts of the Matrix at all that actually kind of follows up on that, where, like, Neo is such a heroic figure that he is literally inspiring people to break limits of the Matrix code, to, to save themselves in ways that were not thought possible before. Like, that is how inspiring he is, where he doesn't even need to physically be there to save people.
1: Right, like, he's not giving the kid, like, the uh, red pill.
2: Yeah, no, like, just the story of Neo himself is enough to help this kid realize the state he is in and find the courage to, like, be free, that he just does it all himself uh i i think it's it's a really beautiful story and something i wish we had actually gotten more in any of the matrix films where neo is just like a guy doing stuff yeah and and doesn't seem much like a hero at all
0: I really love the animation style and the way it gets very, like, warped and smeary when there's fast movement. I feel like it's good at uh, communicating the sense of hyper-reality you'd have if you're kind of aware of the Matrix. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Also, like, using the skateboard as both a travel like an escape mechanism and a weapon just a lot a lot of good use of that skateboard in that short very very fun and also like plays into how smeary the animation gets as well
1: yeah i don't know this one to me falls in a similar zone to um what was it program where like i like looking at it i just the story really doesn't grab me i don't we talked a lot on, when we were talking about Resurrections, about, like, the way that movie uses suicide imagery. And we were like, no, I, I think I'm, I'm okay with it, even though it's definitely kind of dodgy territory. I think it's so much worse than this one.
2: That, that is fair.
1: We're like, yeah, the way he frees himself is by jumping off a building. And, like, he wakes up in the Matrix, but in the Matrix, no, he just died when he hit the pavement. And, like, wow, what a trend Oh, that kid. I guess the world was really lonely and hard for him, and he killed himself. He's in a better place now, though, wink.
2: Yeah that, that is, yeah, that is definitely something I was also a little uncomfortable about.
1: It probably also doesn't help that I can't stop thinking about the kid in the Matrix sequels and
2: how much that character sucks.
1: And like, this, mm, you're trying to make me like him, but yeah, it's too late.
2: <laughs> Wait, is, that the, is it the same kid?
1: Yes, this is the guy who's like, Oh, Neo, I'm your biggest fan. Can I be on the Nebuchadnezzar? Oh, okay. That's why Neo
2: in Reload is like, Oh, how many times do I have to tell you, kid? I didn't save you. You saved yourself oh i did not make that connection probably because i totally forgot that dude existed
1: <laughs> right so that's coloring my perception of this short a lot and like All right. not doing it any favors <laughs>
2: see if, if you're just if you're more like me and your brain doesn't work good enough to to remember stuff like that then kid story <laughs> works a lot better This a story of like the, this kid who's you know he's good at skateboarding he's You know, not as good as class because the teacher kind of sucks and he wants to be like Neo. (laughs) He does want to be like Neo. Who doesn't, really? Yeah,
1: it's, it's not
2: awful or anything. It's just, for me,
1: it's low on the ranking.
2: Uh, should we move on to Beyond? Yeah,
1: now we're talking.
2: This one is my actual favorite. It's
1: between this and world record for me.
2: This is written and directed by Koji uh, Morimoto, who actually I have not seen many things from him. Uh, however, looking at his credits, he, he's the guy who, who did shorts for both Memories and Robot Carnival, so he did Magnetic Rose for Memories, Franken's Gears for Robot Carnival, and that really makes me want to watch those, those two anthologies now. Yeah. Because uh, this short is really good. Yeah,
1: this one rules. It's it's like a young woman or a teenage girl who has lost her cat and, like, goes out looking for it. And she meets some, like, neighborhood boys. Like, oh, it's probably hanging out at that haunted house. And it's a haunted house because it is basically a glitch in the Matrix where, like, nothing works right. And you can, like, float and shit. And, like, oh, it's just they do a lot of... They just have fun here. Breaking the physics.
2: Yeah, I again i wish more stuff like this happened in the movies yeah totally they could have made the matrix like the actual matrix in the matrix movies so much more interesting yeah
0: yeah the thing i like about this one is they put a cat in it yeah there's a cat in it
2: they envy the kitty good yeah that's a, that's a bit that's a nice chunky cat there's a mis- mischievous uh mischievous cat <laughs> Did they Do they have cats in the pods? Or is this just a program? I assume it must be a program.
1: I mean, we've seen cats in the movies. Yeah. Although, late in matriculated, we're gonna see they can jack
2: animals into programs, so... (laughs) I I assume it's a program, because, like, the dog was also clearly a program, because it was glitching out. Which, like, honestly... Props to that girl for, like, continuing to go into the haunted house after seeing the incredibly fucked up dog. I would have been like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm just going to hope my cat comes back to me.
1: She is extremely unfazed by all the fucked up stuff in this house.
2: I I am not going in there. I just saw a half demon dog. I am getting the hell out.
1: Yeah. But, like, there's, like, the yard is, like, a texture glitch where, like, part of it is just pavement, but there's no transition between that and the grass. Yeah. Uh, like, the birds are, like, flying in slow motion, and then, like, when she watches them too long, like, it just starts getting really bright. The kids are, like, jumping off the roof, but, like, because the physics don't work, they're, like, not hurt at all.
2: Yeah, they're doing some, like, Johnny Knoxville jackass-type shit with the glitches. It's great.
1: Or, like, like they're just walking around, and, like, their shadows are, like, ten feet shifted away from them.
2: Yeah, they're, one of the kids is, like, uh, continually smashing, uh, uh, like, a beer bottle on the ground, and then, like, catching it when it reforms. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of, like, just really clever, just kids being like rambunctious little shits in in only a way that kids are
1: yeah but then also the entire time you're getting these cutaways to this big like semi-truck sized uh, pest control truck that just like barreling through the streets
2: yeah which is like just a little too futuristic looking for their surroundings so you know right like it doesn't
1: fit in with what everything else looks like yeah
2: so you know it's some sort of like matrix program going like oh we gotta take care of this
1: Yeah, and, like, at the short ends with, like, that driving up and, like, agents and fumigators coming out of it and, like, violently ejecting all the kids and, like, fumigating the entire place. And then when they come back the next day, it's been turned into a parking lot. Because they're they're
2: getting rid of all the bugs.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, they're debugging.
2: (laughs) It's, uh, It's poetry rhymes.
1: Yeah. But it's just like such a good little way of like a different angle on the idea of right. Like the Matrix is just systems of oppression. Of like the Matrix could be a fun place that's nice to be in. It could be better than the real world in some ways, and they have to stomp that out. That's unacceptable to them.
2: Yeah, I I think the the, the ending of this short is really beautiful, where it shows the kids and and the young woman like going back after it was fumigated and like trying to do the things that they had done before, but it just doesn't work anymore. Um and like the the final shot being like her her bleeding from like picking up the, the can and trying to make it float and the blood drop hits the pavement, you know, reminiscent of when the kids were uh were doing their like sort of chicken with the pavement thing back when the glitches right, were yeah, working. Yeah. And it's just like you know the the machines saw it as a glitch that needed to be corrected. Um, yeah. But the humans in this oppressive system, like, saw an error and were like, "This is beautiful."
1: Yeah, yeah. Or it's just like a thing. Like, it's very easy to like strip the metaphor out of this, right? And it's just like, no, it was just like a cool old house that kids like to play in, but like all the adults got mad that, like, delinquents were loitering around there, so they condemned it and, like, tore it down. And, like, now the neighborhood's less exciting, and, like, one little, like, less nice thing got ruined because you weren't, like, engaging with it on the terms that, like, the people with power want you to or whatever,
0: you know? Yeah, they turn into a a parking lot of all things. Yeah. Right,
2: yeah. The perfect thing to turn it into to, like, really drive the point home. Yeah. Uh, Because, like, what, what always replaces something unique and interesting and imperfect in a neighborhood, it's always a fucking parking lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's a parking lot that's fenced off. So you can't even park in it.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: I like the part where she opens a door into an empty void and is just plays the conversation she was having with her friend at the beginning of uh well, if you don't want to go out with him why why did you say you did almost yeah, like uh, yeah. if you don't want to be uh, part of the matrix society why are you participating in
2: it <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah b- beautiful short i loved it a lot like yeah
1: really terrific
2: uh just really wonderful character work considering like they basically don't introduce these characters at all no. Like, they're, you are just dropped into a moment, like, in these people's lives. uh. But you kind of immediately know what their deal is, like, once you've seen them for, like, a, a couple minutes. Just incredibly efficient use of, of storytelling.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 really, really excellent.
2: Uh, Then we've got a detective story. I'm just realizing that she's dressed like Steven Universe.
0: <laughs> Wait.
2: Oh my god, you're right.
1: She has got a picture of a star
0: on oh. it. Rebecca Sugar, uh, copy this. <laughs> oh. Speaking
2: of copying
1: things, remember when Kids Next Door did uh, The Second Renaissance? Yeah.
2: Wait. This is such an influential movie. What? Yeah. Excuse me?
1: There's an episode of Kids Next Door that is number one narrating the second renaissance, but instead of robots, it's the world used to be nothing but kids and they invented adults to do (laughs) tasks for them. (laughs) And the adults revolted and took control. And like the punchline of the episode is it cuts out and he's giving like a report in school and he gets in trouble for just making up bullshit and like the bell rings and all the kids leave and then the teacher picks up a phone and goes,
0: they know. (laughs) What <laughs> a good episode. Wow. Weird show. Perfectly targeted to kids like me who watched the second Renaissance way too young. <laughs> yup. <laughs>
2: That's so weird. What a weird reference for a show like that to make. Uh-huh. <laughs> what child would be watching Second Renaissance? Me, uh, yeah, well, I guess Crystal and Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the children. <laughs> um anyway, Shinichiro Watanabe got to direct two of these things okay yeah he also
1: does detective story
2: yeah which like i like a detective story it's fun enough but like it's a pretty
1: fun episode of big
2: o i like big o yeah (laughs) okay good i i was thinking the same thing too yeah (laughs) i didn't want i i didn't want this to be a boss baby situation where i just see something that is anime and also noir and i'm like oh I'm, i'm seeing big o here
0: I love this 1940s typewriter computer. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I was going to say, when you
1: have a computer that you operate with a typewriter, that's big O right there.
2: Yeah. It's also a bit dark city as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This combined with the last one are
0: like the only ones where it's not the Matrix in like a 90s American city. Yeah. The last one was set in a Japanese city and this one is set in like Gotham. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. Right. Yeah. They
1: have not yet locked in the canon that the Matrix is just one giant city that kind of looks like New
0: York or Chicago. Uh, the way I read this, at least, was like your perception of the aesthetic shape of the Matrix is subjective. Yeah. Which the machines will tolerate as long as like you're you still serve the same function.
1: It, it would have to work that way for this guy to exist at the same time as Trinity. Right.
2: Yeah. Because
1: he lives in yeah weird steampunk twenties New York
2: i also really appreciate how they draw trinity in this like she's sure watching abe knows that the two most important thing well the three most important things about trinity are leather sunglasses and that you are when one look at her makes you certain that she could like squash you like a grape i think this is my favorite trinity outfit
1: So you also need the hair just so slicked back, which I guess, uh, you know what, that's not here. Yeah, that's the one place he he tripped up with his trinity.
2: But like, this is a great looking trinity.
1: No, it's a very cool design for trinity. A plus
2: trinity. Yep, agreed.
1: Yeah, she's got like a a backless dress that's really showing off her delts.
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this guy gets hired. He's he's just like a very stereotypical noir private eye who gets hired uh, by mysterious forces that are definitely agents to find a hacker named Trinity. And he starts digging into the case and finds out he's not the first detective that's been hired for this, but all the others have either like gone missing, died, or went insane.
2: So I'm gonna visit the only one left, the insane one. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love this, guy monologue it's so corny but in the perfect way
0: yeah totally i love when the guy who is living the coolest life ever talks
2: about how his life isn't cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's 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 got a great cat who's smart enough to like fling his hat tor- toward oh, him when he forgets i
1: him. clapped when the cat threw him his hat from the fire escape
2: it's so good this <laughs> this <laughs> I, I love that like you think that he's just doing a Dale Cooper thing, or he keeps talking about Diana, but no, Diana's the cat,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, It's so good, yeah, I like this 'cause it it uh illustrates what Morpheus was talking about in the first movie about why why they don't just wake up anybody because some people for various reasons just aren't ready for it.
1: Well, and even Trinity's like, no, you. I think you would have been ready for it, actually, man. It's a bummer. Like, we we almost got out of here, but, eh, you know, it's a noir... Unfortunately, you're a noir protagonist, so you had to die at the end.
0: But, like, th- the agent tries to take over him, which means, like, he has the kind of mind that is
2: conductive
0: to being agented. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah which, like, he is a detective, so that makes sense. Like, um, like he, he is barely able to... Um, like, he almost resists it.
1: Yeah, he's, like, caught between the two, right? Because, yeah, the agents are FBI guys, and he's a detective, so he's not that far from them, but also, he's, like, he's a truth seeker. So that uh, aligns him with the red pills, and, like, yeah, he's- kind of caught right between them
2: yeah and unfortunately like at that particular moment in his in his life you know he was aligned his mind was aligned in such a way that the that the agents were able to just barely overpower him yeah and Trinity is like well fuck and then has to shoot him like I I love the way they uh I love the I love the moment where Trinity realizes that like she has lost unfortunately
1: Yeah, uh, talking about the animation, I also really like how the backgrounds in this one are all, like, grainy photos, and sometimes they're just, like, grainy photos of animation cells, sometimes they're grainy photographs of the real world Yeah. the character's just drawn on top of. It's a cool
0: look. Uh, I really like when this cat throws him his hat.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: (laughs) I love
2: that I don't
1: like when he gets, uh, the thing sucked out of his eyeball. (laughs) It's so gross. That's not good to look at. It was bad enough when it came out of a belly button.
2: A lot of gore in this movie. yeah yeah like despite that having like no blood or viscera at all like it is one of the more unsettling images yeah um but yeah i i just like how Tr- trinity hands it to him like yeah this was this was in your eye buddy he's like oh uh-huh. hmm, interesting <laughs>
1: yeah i i'm into the vibe of this one it's not listen it's is it a little bit of a generic like detective noir send up yeah but those are fun and it's fun to like mash that up with the matrix it's
2: top five yeah Yeah, it was is well executed genre fiction Mm Mm-hmm. i agree now let's talk
0: about fucking (sighs) oh
2: god fucking yeah time to talk about matriculated fucking peter chung (laughs) This, this
0: is one. What? Hmm. Or no. at least
2: one of the best
0: ones.
1: I think this one's got a real cool premise, and that's about where my compliments
2: end. I hated this one. <sighs> like, part of that is just, I i do not like Pierre Chung's art style at all. He's primarily known for Aeon Flux, but, like, this is also what Aeon Flux looks like, and I find it kind of repulsive. Yeah, I don't like how he draws guys. But even beyond it, like probably has the the grossest depiction of a female character in this whole thing (laughs) like just the it's the most blatant use of woman as sex object um to the point where like i guess because like the like the it is there is an implication um which like i don't know maybe i read this wrong because matriculated does not I think communicate what it is doing particularly well. Um but the implication I got from like when they were doing the the weird LSD robot conversion uh is that the robot had developed some sort of weird like psychosexual attraction to the woman, which is why it saved her and then like took her into the matrix with it and she was like terrified to be forced into the matrix with the robot. It was it's a it's a really weird short and I do not like it. And, and maybe I, it's it's just because I got an entirely different read of it than I'm sure Crystal will be explaining soon. But also, I would argue it doesn't communicate very well.
1: Yeah, I just got the advice that he was like, oh, I just want to go back in the, in the fun world with my friend. This place sucks. Oh, why is she mad now? Why is she upset? Uh Oh, what did I do wrong?
2: I feel like that would have been communicated better if, like, the image of the woman in the Matrix wasn't just totally nude tits out. Sure. <laughs> with, like, digital digital nipples and areola.
0: Mm-hmm. There's, there's definitely some uh, psychosexuality happening here. But I, I did read it closer to Luke where it's more like he, he wants to be back in the Matrix with his friend, but she doesn't really trust him yet.
1: Yeah, because the idea of this is they capture a machine... And this weird doctor has come up with this plan that we are going to, instead of breaking this thing or reprogramming it to just make it like our robo slave, we're going to put it through an experience that will convince it to join the human side. And there's like a little bit of an argument like, okay, but it's a robot. So like, what's actually the line between convincing it and reprogramming it? Isn't that kind of the same thing? Uh, don't worry about it. I don't know. Let's just get, let's just
2: get in there and get freaky. I do kind of like the doctor. He's one of the few things I did like about this short. He's got a he's got a fun sort of mad scientist for the good guys vibe going on.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, the thing, like, the robot wakes up in just, like, a yellow crazy room that's, like, all kaleidoscopic, it's got all these designs, and everybody is jacked in as these, like, glowing, color-coded forms, and they're just prancing and fucking and just having a great time, and wouldn't it be great if you could prance and fuck with us?
0: Yeah, I, I like Peter Chung's art style. I think it is particularly well-served in the Matrix LSD world. I, because, like, how would a robot think? Probably very, like, literal and cold and calculated. So if you wanted to think like a human, you have to get really abstract and playful and ambiguous.
1: Animation-wise, the one thing I really like is when the robot, like, gets its metal skin ripped off and then, like, flesh grows around it and it grows a more humanoid body. That looks really cool.
2: Oh, yeah, that, that was a good scene.
1: Yeah. Uh, Although, the... (laughs) Now I watch, like, once it becomes humanoid and, like, it's got the metal bug on it. And my first thought was, oh, this looks like one of, like,
2: the creepy sequences from Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I guess, like, yeah, I can't really argue against Peter Chung's art style just because, like, it, it's a personal taste thing. I just, I, j- I just find it very, like, off-putting.
1: I feel like, you know, people talk a lot about how to draw manga, but I definitely feel like I saw how to draw cartoons that looked similar to Peter Chung's uh, art style at the bookstore.
2: (laughs) Also, like, at at the same time, like, I, I do like Crystal's reasoning for why they bring the robot on an acid trip. Yeah. But also, it does feel, to me, it feels like teaching a kid how to swim by just, like, throwing them head first into like the 10 foot end of the pool. It's like, yeah, here you go. Here's what humanity is. Robot's like, what? What is happening? I kind of wish the drug trip stuff like that. The
1: visual metaphors tracked a little more like overtly. Like you can kind of read into bits of it. Like he's got the box that has like his old skin in it. that starts to corrupt and like, oh, it's turning him bad again. But the humans want to save him. Like there's it's not just random images, but I just kind of wish there was a little bit more.
2: I don't know. I want it to be like 10% less abstract than it is. I agree like again that's that's one of the issues I had with it where like I I didn't like it but also I wasn't sure if my reasons for disliking it were correct because I wasn't entirely sure if I actually understood what was happening on the screen.
1: Uh Uh-huh sure
0: well I think it's important for them to not be direct because what they're trying to induce in the robot is to get the robot to to think for themselves
1: right no definitely.
0: If you, like, sat down in a classroom and said, here are the values of humans, like, that would not work as well as if they came to that conclusion themselves.
1: No, 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 for sure, for sure. I don't want it to be super didactic like that. I just want it to be, like, I want the different abstract images to, like, map just a little more cleanly than they do. Just so it's a little less... It starts to just feel like... Weird imagery for the sake of weird imagery. And I guess, you know, hey, nothing wrong with that, I guess. But it just, it's hard for me to find much
2: to, like, grip onto for this one.
0: That 2017 game Prey is uh, inspired by this one. (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: Honestly, like, I think the part of, like, the acid trip that worked for me the best was the very start. Where it it Mm. felt like there was a more cohesive through line. Because, like, you sort of had the humans like play acting thr- like various examples of what humans do and how humans interact with each other um like that i, I grokked a lot better than what happened later on um like i i think the opening of, of that sequence was a-, a lot stronger and communicated what it was doing a lot better than sort of like the the last half of it
1: Right, so then, yeah, they get interrupted because machines have found their base, and they slaughter everybody, they knock the woman out before the machine that they've been trying to convert finally, like, decides to help them, and, like, beats up the machines, and, uh, yeah, everyone's dead except the woman, and he plugs her back into the program and plugs himself back in, and yeah, I definitely did not take it as, like, something sexual, I just took it, she wakes up, she sees that she's back in here with just the robot, and, like, is trapped in here with him because everybody else outside is dead and is just kind of existentially horrified by that.
0: And like, also, she's physically dying still.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's that's another thing that I don't think was communicated super clearly because like, it, it seems like she was hurt, but I don't know. It wasn't immediately clear to me that she was actually that like moments away from death. Right. So like, when she screamed and everything faded out, I was like, what? What the fuck happened? Like why why did everything just go dark and she's dead now like was she i guess she was mortally wounded Uh, maybe
1: yeah i i like this one on paper it just doesn't come together for me
2: yeah like in like when i am hearing crystal talk about yes it i'm like oh yeah that sounds rad uh i just i just don't like the execution of that idea
0: right Definitely, if you don't like the look of it, it's not going to work for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I immediately see the character designs and I'm like, then I'm already like, it's it's got an uphill battle to fight.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like in my case, I definitely like I saw the character like the character design of the woman in in this short, and I was like, oh, it's this fucking guy. <laughs> 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 so I I I will admit to being a little biased against it. Yeah,
1: yeah, not not my favorite.
2: It's it's certainly a good uh, prequel to Matrix Four. Sure. You know what? <laughs> you are correct about that.
0: <laughs> Th- this robot could be Isabebe. That robot could
1: be Sebebe, You're right.
2: Yeah, but with like a a more um a more a more friendly blobby form. It's like no, I I don't like being a scary spindling thing. I want to I want to be friend shaped.
1: Uh huh. Ah, awesome, Sabebay. Greatest character greatest new character in film in 2021.
2: <laughs> the the Babu Frick of the Matrix.
1: Uh-huh. I like that the Synthians in Resurrections, unlike in Matriculated, they keep their scary red devil eyes even when they're good, because they don't gotta make green eyes just to make people happy.
2: Choose whatever color you want, you know? You got, got, like, the gamer RGBs just, like, installed in your body. Make use of those things.
1: If you don't want me at my evil red devil eyes, you don't deserve me at my friendly green light eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that's the Animatrix. Pretty good flick, in my opinion. I had a good time. Yeah, overall, pretty dang good. It's very, um, most of the shorts are much more slowly paced than The Matrix, which, like, I watched this with uh, my girlfriend Chelsea, and she got a little bored during it, and I kind of get that, but with how fucking relentlessly paced the the first two sequels are, I kind of appreciate taking a step back and taking some breaths.
0: Iris, if you, uh, if you had to, uh, put your, like your thoughts on the Animatrix on some sort of letter grade scale, how would you put it?
2: Oh gosh. Um, hmm. This one's tough. Like I'm sort of waffling between an A and an A minus. Cause like there are some shorts that I think are just really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and there are others where I just like, I really don't want to watch those again. Um, yeah. I guess i think i'll put it at an a minus i i don't like it quite as much as the matrix or matrix actually no i'm I'm actually going to give it an a because like honestly i think the shorts i really like are are so good um that they they sort of buoy the rest of it up to just a solid a um, and also, like I, I did talk about like how a, a lot of the shorts I loved the most, um, often feature things that I wish that the Matrix movies had actually done. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, I think Animatrix gets an A. How about you, look.
1: Um, I think I'm gonna go B+. I think if you cut some of the shorts out, I would go with A. But if you cut some of the good shorts
0: out, I'd go with, like, C+. So B+, feels like the the middle ground there to me. Yeah, it's always tough with these compilation films. I think I'll go with A-, because everything after, um, Beyond, I largely really like. It's just that beginning few that are tough. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: It opens kind of rough, but, like, I, I think the rest of it is is really worth it.
0: We have a few questions. Terrific. Love questions. Nora asks, do you think the Matrix exists as a media property in the Halo universe?
2: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> I don't know enough about Halo to know why this is funny. I, I don't see any reason why not. I, I, yeah. I
2: assume it's, like, a reference to, like, oh, H- Halo Legends also got an anth- anthology. Oh, sure. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah yeah i mean like it, it certainly could like again halo takes place in the far future like right. far enough that like far enough that halo could just take place in our universe halo could happen man oh shit halo's real i hope not so yeah i i, I don't see why uh master chief couldn't be a, a big fan of the matrix I don't think Master Chief would be a fan of the Matrix.
1: Yeah, for the same reason I'm not a big fan of, like, Henry VIII.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Master Chief probably probably wouldn't be. I I think Halo's pretty uh, uh, philosophically opposed to the Matrix. I
2: think Halo's about how cool the agents are. Right. I bet the Arbiter would think Neo is pretty cool, though.
0: The Arbiter might... mm, Yeah, the Arbiter might be.
2: The Arbiter would be like, oh, kindred
0: spirit. Hey, you know what's a good fucking character that they won't put in the Halo games for some reason?
2: The Arbiter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they put the Arbiter in Halo Five, where Arbiter is doing a way more cool mission than anyone in the UNSC is doing. Like the Arbiter is like, hey, I'm I'm leading like my my own army to like do a civil war against the covenant who like still want to enforce like the hierarchies that you know the the prophets had installed uh and i want to fight for the liberation of of all the covenant races uh and the UNSC is like yeah, we'll have a few Spartans show up for a couple missions to help you out. I'm like, I just, can I just do what the Arbiter's doing? Arbiter seems like he's he's doing a pretty fucking cool s- story here. Like The end of Halo 5
0: is the shattered remains of the Spartans teaming up with the Arbiter to take down Cortana. And all that shit happens off screen.
1: They didn't release
0: Halo 6, but they released Halo 7. <laughs>
1: Well, that way they can go back and do like a mid-qual, you know, like the you know, uh, people love it.
2: Honestly, there's a part of me that's glad they didn't do that because, like the the whole like Cortana has gone insane and is now like a xenocidal maniac is just awful. So I'm kind of glad did commit to
0: it. She just got better and said sorry. <laughs> Yeah. sorry master chief for being crazy also your new girlfriend younger copy of me is much hotter than me and probably better for you yeah
2: i <laughs> when i was playing through halo infinite i was so confused i was like did i miss something like i just played through halo 5 like what is happening here what when does all this cortana stuff happen last time i, I saw her I she got to locked be a... away in a time sphere <laughs> I don't mean to be a spoil
1: sport, but we've been going over an hour. Y'all, if y'all want to do uh, MCU Complete (laughs) and Presents, you had me at Halo, by all means, but do (laughs) it when I'm not
0: here. You kind of want
1: to do that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jo asks, would you give the power of the architect to the power scaling community? What is the power scaling community? Uh, Well, you know, recently there's been some hubbub because one of the most respected members of the power scaling community, Chris has uh, confirmed that Goku could beat Superman and is faster than the Flash.
1: What the fuck is the power scaling community? <laughs> is this,
0: like, some weird Reddit thing?
1: <laughs> is this, like, if Sigma male guys gotta hang, like, hang on like Dragon Ball power levels or something? Yeah! <laughs> Alright
0: What? <laughs> it's sort of an offshoot of the versus battle community.
2: Uh-huh. So by architect powers, is it like the the architect is able to, like, run like a bunch of simulations simultaneously to determine what is the most likely outcome is is that what we're talking about here yeah i think so how well would he do against goku oh oh how well would the architect do against goku is goku in the matrix uh,
0: I mean, we can, uh, consider a hypothetical in which he would be. Okay, if Goku
2: is in the Matrix, then...
0: No, I think I'm still giving it to Goku, because Goku is too dumb
1: of ass to understand his own limits. That's yeah. basically his whole deal.
2: I think I'd also probably give it to Goku, because, like, the thing is, Neo beats the Architect. And Neo doesn't, like, isn't ha- isn't even, like, like a fraction of, like, a fraction of, a uh, Sorry, I totally fucked that up. <clears> hmm, <throat> uh... Like, Neo beat the Architect, and Neo isn't even nearly as imaginative when it comes to, like, fighting and doing, like, weird beam shit as Goku is. Like, Goku could wipe the floor with the Architect. I think Goku circa Buu
1: Saga and beyond, no question wins, because he's already learned, like, in the afterlife that his uh, body is, like, not real, and he can push it even further beyond to achieve Super Saiyan 3. Yeah, I think Goku, like, of, like, Dragon Ball, and maybe Saiyan Saga maybe has a harder time because, you know, he's still like, he's a very strong fight man, but in The Matrix it is all a mental game and his mental game is weak. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe some of his control of ki will, will transfer into Matrix powers, but will it transfer enough? Eh, hard to say. I think Goku frees a saga when he's like on the brink of going Super Saiyan. That's where you have the most interesting fight because okay. is that is that enough of a push beyond his limits to truly break the Matrix? It's hard to
2: sell. When you think about, it, like, Frieza and, and the Architect have, you know, there's a little bit of Venn diagram Overlap between them. They're like, both the bad guy in the chair, you know. Yeah, they they both got like that. I am I am a, a, a posh like uh, like I am a posh representation of the upper class thing going on, you know. <laughs> right. It would have been so good if when Neo refused the architect's deal, he ripped off his shirt, and started biting. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to take a drink of water. <laughs> And Crystal just fucking destroyed me. Oh, what if
1: Neo's hair turned gold <laughs> during the final Smith fight? I, I almost jumped
2: in my water because of that. <laughs> uh, J-Bob asks, if you could
0: choose any film you want to get an animated shorts anthology, which would it be?
2: Ooh, hmm. oh, that's a good question.
0: Yeah. Huh. Uh, it's gotta be a movie
1: with like a lot of cool complicated world building that offers like lots of different takes on like things that could be happening in this setting hmm.
0: i
2: forget
1: every movie
0: i've ever seen
2: <laughs> yeah this this is the moment like when it's most important it's like well, i've never seen any movies what are you talking about <laughs> right exactly uh-huh, uh-huh. uh how
0: about uh Ong lee's gemini man
1: okay and yeah. they're all
0: animated at 120
2: frames per second
1: <laughs> well that sounds like hell for the animators yeah,
2: if you want if you want to destroy human beings yes we yeah, considering can do that. most
1: animated things are uh, animated at 12 or 8 frames per second <laughs> well it'd be it'd be a 3d model is what i'm proposing sure um, what about, like, okay, I have not seen this movie. I kind of want to, cause, just because it sounds real stupid uh, and the way I want it. What about Mortal Engines? That seems like you could get some fun animated shorts out of that.
2: Yeah, especially because, like, the Mortal Engines movie is incredibly mediocre and way more boring than it, it should be. But it presents, like, some really cool alternatives. Like, is a really cool background for someone who is actually creative to work with, which the filmmakers were not.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. You sound like you had one,
2: Iris. Uh, yeah. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh <laughs> my god!
1: Yeah.
2: That's how you get all the the fun ancillary characters. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: that that's where you get Vector the Crocodile. Finally.
2: Yeah, I wanna I wanna see Studio Trigger make an animation of like that's that follows like the Chaotix on a mission.
1: Okay. All right. You're selling me. <laughs>
2: I want to, I don't, I, I can't think of what studio I want to do, I want to have do it, but I want to see, like, an animation where, like, Shadow has to, like, babysit Maria for a day or something.
1: <laughs> Great, uh-huh. No, just baby's day out, but it's, like, Shadow and uh, baby Maria.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. Uh-huh. There's so much potential with the sonic franchise just because there's so fucking much of the sonic franchise
1: right it's had so many different iterations <laughs> yeah
2: it's like batman you can do pretty much any tone you want right crass asks what if it was the
0: dominatrix my answer to you crass is that it is
2: yeah that's trinity that's just trinity I was gonna
0: say there'd be way more trinity in it then
2: <laughs> that that is that is just uh the the ending of Shinichiro Watanabe's second short. Uh-huh. <laughs> where where Trinity meets you, she's all domed up, and then she shoots you in the chest because you weren't good enough. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot more Trinity, you get some Niobe in
0: there, you know. Ina asks. If you were a robot guy who only got to wear exactly one article of clothing, which article would it be? I've not seen the Animatrix in probably 15 years, so if there aren't multiple shots of that one short of robots just wearing khaki shorts, don't think I'm a weirdo.
2: (laughs)
1: I mean, I've I gotta go with that bowler cap. That guy, you know, he was a style icon. B one six sixty R might have been a civil rights icon, but that bartender robot was a fucking fashion icon. Probably go with like a a nice set
2: of gloves. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd probably go with a tie because, like, when you have to wear a tie, a tie is like a fancy set of clothing. It's really obnoxious because you have to tie it tight. But like if it's just the only if the only item of clothing that you're wearing you can just wear it loose ties have like a lot of different styles you can get them in you, you got a lot of variety with just a tie
1: yeah yeah
2: sunshine moon asks is not every matrix
0: an animatrix when you get down to it
1: um you know they feature many special effects shots that were generated entirely in computers and uh, are animated in certain senses of the word so
2: yeah well also just the matrix itself is like a simulated world so everything is being animated by the machine's incredibly powerful gamer rig <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> i think if, if you did an
0: analysis we could conclude that dr strange in the multiverse of madness has less live action than roger rabbit
1: yeah it wouldn't surprise me it, it's gotten to the point where yeah like probably right if, if any movie like that at all is like mostly computer animated
2: these days yeah it's george lucas correctly predicted the future Yep. and finally from julie The scenes
0: of war in the second renaissance really messed me up as a kid and still make me shiver to this day. Did anything in the Animatrix have this effect on you if you watched it as a kid? Or has there been any other media that still makes your skin crawl?
1: hmm i don't think i got like really like messed up by anything in the the second renaissance i'm trying to think if there's anything that like upset me when i saw it as a kid
0: when i was a kid i was i was definitely stuck on the image of uh the head being crushed and the brain spilling out and the eyes popping out it's a fucked up image yeah but that it that hasn't lingered with me and i watched it this time i was like oh that's cool i love gore now right
2: uh (laughs) uh-huh Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of something that that stuck with me as a kid. I don't think there's anything that stuck with me as a kid, but like I did I did watch Gundam Thunderbolt, and there is a scene in I think the first OVA episode where like a dude just gets vaporized by a beam saber and it's it's fucking hardcore. <laughs> like, yeah. that, like, I don't, I hardly remember anything about Gun and Thunderbolt, but that still sticks with me as, like, goddamn, yeah, it would suck to get hit by a beam saber, huh? <laughs>
1: I'm racking my brain for stuff. The first one to jump to mind is The Matrix with Neo getting, like, his mouth sealed shut and the bug stuck in his belly. Button. Oh,
2: that's a good one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then the other one is uh, Trigun near the end when they kill, uh, what's his fucking name? Chapel the Evergreen. And they, like, control his body to like bend backwards and you just your snapping sounds like his legs and arms bend back way too far until he's like curled up in a ball but the wrong way oh yeah i do vaguely remember that and then they like a black hole eats him and it's no good
2: <laughs> trigon's a weird show
1: trigon's a weird fucking show <laughs> they like That's one of those ones that breaks from the anime after, like, five episodes, and they just had a lot of different ideas about what to do. Or breaks from the manga,
2: rather. They sure, they sure (laughs) did.
1: Uh, Like, they import a lot of the character designs, but they don't know what these characters are supposed to do, so they just kind of make up their own thing with them. (laughs) That manga's also very weird, though. Like, it's not like... (laughs) I wanted to go back to, like, the Trigon manga and be like, well, okay, this is... This is the masterpiece
2: of the anime Corrupted. Like
1: no, the manga is real fucking weird too, just in different ways.
2: Yeah, I've I've tried reading the manga and Nighthouse's drawings are oftentimes barely comprehensible. He's not a very good
1: artist. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, no, I'll take that back. He's a really good character designer and like He's good at designing stuff. He's not good at like drawing action sequences, which Trigun has a lot of. Yeah, he's bad at
2: composition.
1: He may as well just draw every fight as a big cloud with fists and legs coming out of <laughs> uh, it, for yes. as comprehensible as they are. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I think that concludes our episode on the anime, the anime Matrix. We did it. We covered the entire Matrix saga. Iris, is there anything you would like to plug?
2: Oh yeah. Um. So aside from uh, Idolon Playtest, where you can find all three of us. Um, you can find me on my podcast, Saber Slash Metrics, uh, which is a podcast about uh, Fate's Day Night and uh, other various uh, works from uh, from Type Moon. Um, we finished Fate's Day Night a while ago, and uh, Sierra and I are uh, nearing the end of Fate Hollow Ataraxia, uh, so if you're interested in like learning what the hell Fate is about, um, We i basically give a story summary and then sierra and i both interject uh during the summary to to talk about uh, various scenes and, and give our reads on what's happening and the themes that nasu is is going for so it's a good way to experience fate without having to read fate but also maybe you will just end up reading fate <laughs> not today satan come on fate seems cool <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty cool crystal
0: all that Araxi is <laughs> the one with Bazet in it.
2: It, yeah, yeah. It's it's got Bazette in it. She's real rad. She's wearing a suit. She's got like a, she's got like a a steel ball that she electrifies that uh that can counter any attack before the attack hits you. It can rewrite it can rewrite causality to kill the attacker. It's it's sick. It's, fate rules. <laughs> Luke, how about you?
1: You can find me on uh, Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find other shows I do on audioentropy.com, such as uh Totally Reprise has always been cool. It is a show uh covering Twin Peaks. I've seen it all before, but my co-hosts Ashley and Molly haven't, and we're um, I'm showing it to them for the first time. We are now in uh what people consider like the real dark times of season two, but you know what? People need to get the fuck over themselves. It's a perfectly fun time. (laughs) We're having a great time over there uh you can also find me on on Playtest it's an actual play RPG podcast that usually I GM but right now we're taking a break from my d- dumb bullshit for the summer and giving other people a chance to do some dumb bullshit with some miniseries depending on you know how quickly this gets edited and released uh we've already finished on Daft which was a miniseries uh uh GM by Iris and uh after that we'll be doing Idol on Spice, which is uh being gm by Fabby. And uh yeah, it's a good time. People need to be more normal about Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, Twin Peaks is a perfectly fine show. Listen, is it not. Not really the same show it used to be, but it's fine. It's good still.
2: Just I just like season one more.
1: I'm with you. I also like season one more. It's just they have. See, you you gave up on watching it, right, Iris? You were just like, yeah. "Yeah." I
2: I got like three or four episodes into season two, and I was like, I this is not for me anymore. (laughs)
1: See, they have hit the point now. You you might,
2: you might like it if you checked it back out because... I can't believe you're doing the anime thing to me. It's like, well, you gotta skip to this arc. That's when it gets good again. We're in the part that most people would tell you to skip, but here's the thing. They have completely
1: given up on trying to have any, like, deeper themes or meaning or drama to the show. And now it is pure TV fluff that is just goofy, off-the-wall bullshit. And it's kind of fun in its own right. All
2: right. Maybe I'll give it another <laughs> shot. Just for you. <sighs> even though you definitely won't reciprocate by watching Fate's State Night. <laughs> no,
1: definitely not. Not even, not a fucking chance. What if I told you <laughs> that Major Briggs got abducted by aliens?
2: Well, yeah, I, I listened to the episode. Okay, yeah, you know what's up Yeah, then. You know what's up? I, I, I've been listening to your synopsis still. I, I, no, I know that fair. that happened to Major Briggs, my one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that he's like...
0: I'm about to explain the whole plot to you. I would love to hear that right after I take
2: a piss. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> That's just thundercrack
2: and he's gone. That does remind me of one of my favorite parts of season one, where Cooper calls Truman as like, Truman, I solved the yes. murder, but first I need to sleep.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. No, it can wait till morning. <laughs> As for me, you can find me, in addition to Eidolon, on the Book of Medora podcast, where we talk about uh, Zelda and Metroid and whatever else we feel like. We just released a mailbag episode where we really stretched uh how much we could talk about the five seconds of footage that was in the uh, delay announcement for Breath of the Wild 2. We got <laughs> 20 whole minutes out of that.
2: Oh boy. If you want to hear some of the wildest takes about what the Metroid timeline is listen to book of medora
0: no
1: i'm kind of what the
2: fuck the metroid timeline
0: is
1: yeah I, I think each uh game in the series does create another branch <laughs> in the timeline actually oh, the, none th- of them fit with <laughs> each other <laughs> yeah no the actual thing is that there's just
2: they're they just not care very consistent
1: that much. And don't they don't consult the lord bible very much so they just get you it know, mixed up because they don't care That's yeah they just want to
2: make a game about <laughs> yeah. a cool lady in a robot suit <laughs>
0: Which means that if I want to embark on a project of trying to weave it together, I can only reasonably (laughs) conclude that no Metroid game is related to any other Metroid game.
1: Except, so, I think the only problem with your branching timelines thing is that, like, you can get away with that in Zelda because multiple Zelda games have time travel and Nintendo has used the branching timeline thing. There's no time travel in Metroid, though. That's not
0: an element in that fictional universe. He's got you there. Yeah, we never claim that any time travel happens. Merely that all of these games are unrelated. Okay, okay. We're all out of Matrix jokes. There's no good ones. I looked. Ah! So I really have to scrape the bottom of the barrel for anime jokes. I finally found an acceptable one. Oh boy. I think my anime jigsaw puzzle was too simple. It was one piece. <sighs> See ya. Bye. Next time, it's the Hulk. We're f- we're gonna talk about the Hulk. It's not the Hulk. It's just Hulk.
1: Hulk. Only Hulk. All right, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>